This is Tech Transforms. I'm Carolyn Ford. Each week, Mark Sinell and I talk with top influencers to explore how the U.S. government is harnessing the power of technology to solve complex challenges and improve our lives. Hello, thanks for joining us here on Tech Transforms. I'm Carolyn Ford with my co-host, Mark Sinell. Good morning, good, Mark. Good morning, Carolyn. So today we have Lanye Ford, excellent last name, CEO of Arlo <laughs> Solutions. Lanye served for over 10 years in the U.S. Air Force. Thank you for your service, Lanye. And was named one of the top 50 in tech visionary at Intercon 2021. Since it's Cybersecurity Awareness Month, we're super excited to talk to Lanye about her 20-year career in the cybersecurity field her experience on both the government and industry teams, and insights on the ever-evolving landscape of government cybersecurity. Lanye, welcome to Tech Transforms. Thank you. Thank you, Carolyn, for having me. And hi, Mark. How's everyone doing? Nice to meet you, Lanye. Doing great. Yeah. How are you? I'm well. So, Carolyn, when I when I heard the the intro, I think I'm going to ask that um, next time I move this to move out that 20 year experience <laughs> makes me sound so <laughs> Well, I told you that before, statement. <laughs> you you caught Mark and I discussing your age because we looked you up on LinkedIn. We're like, there's no way she's been doing this for 20 years. <laughs> so you know what? No, Take it. Take I it. I will. I will. I, I appreciate being invited. So thank you. I'm looking forward to this conversation. Yeah. Well, thanks for joining us. Yeah. And, you know, it's October. So we have the best holiday of the year, <laughs> which is Halloween, of course. But also super important Cybersecurity Awareness Month. And we'd like to just start out with you talking about your cybersecurity career journey and why you think it's such an important component of our lives? Um, no, uh, great question. I, I want to first say that um, Halloween is actually my favorite holiday as well. I have two yes. little ones. And so I get all into Halloween. We're gonna all right. Well, the then pause there. What's your costume <laughs> this year? Uh, we're going to be the Space Jam family and I'm going to be Lola Bunny. <laughs> nice. All right. We yes. got Alice in Wonderland theme going on at my house. Oh. I will be the Cheshire Cat. You guys have oh, already planned out your costumes. That's yeah. What do you, have you not got yours? No. I'll send um, it. Your Tweedledee. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. And you know, really, COVID messed Halloween up for me because we get into it as far as in our house and a holiday party, and um, we open our our bottom floor. So when the kids come through, I mean, we do like a scary little haunted house and give you oh, know have fun. them come in and have the scary movies playing. So um, I miss that. I can't wait till we can open back up in that way. But um, me too. Um, back to the subject at hand. Um, <laughs> So my journey started in the Air Force. I am a very proud Air Force veteran. I started, um, when I started the Air Force, I started at the help desk. I like to tell people I started from the bottom, literally. Um, No offense to help desk technicians, but, um, you know, working on a help desk gave me, um, it's an amazing place to start to me because you you get um, experience, visibility, 
um, just across the gamut. Um, and I am a service type of person. I like to service people. So I am a person that really likes to help in every capacity. So I love the help desk when others hated it. Um, so starting at the help desk, then I did more network admin stuff. So sys admin, network admin. I've been a cable dog. I've pulled cable through buildings. Um, and then I went on to um work for like the program offices um, within the Air Force doing things, you know, still cybersecurity. I like to be very specific in, in what part of cyber I am, I'm in because cyber is just such a huge domain. My focus is more assessment and authorization of systems. And so I started, they, they we started at a, a system called uh, DISCAP is the way that they used to do it back in the day. And then it matured to a, a program called DICAP. <laughs> And now you hear people talk about RMF, risk management framework. So that's what we're doing now. So, you know, that was my journey, you know, in the Air Force. I got out of the Air Force and I supported the uh, government via contract. I was contract and government, went, went both ways. Um, but I've supported DOD CIO, Army CIO, and the Air Force CIO. I've also supported some program at the program office, which I love supporting at the program office. Um, but like satellite-based systems, telephony, all focus on, you know, risk assessment and authorization. So, you know, I think what happens in, in my career is that you start technical, you know, you start technical and as you mature with um, cyber and as you increase your skill set and your knowledge, you get to the point where now you're fo I'm focusing more on policy, procedures, compliance, um, building strategies. That's what I do, really. That's what my niche is, what I love to do. So I um, help build the strategy for the Air Force for Assessing Authorized called the Fast Track ATO process. Um, doing the same type of thing for um, Department USDA. And um, working across some of the major, um, some of the Air Force major acquisition programs, like, you know, the aircrafts and the F-35s. But now I'm looking at DevSecOps. How do we assess and authorize, you know, code, you know, this code, or how do we assess and authorize what we're putting on a cloud that may be um, code that's transitioning over to the aircraft? Is that so what Arlo Solutions is? Is, is that the, the primary function of Arlo Solutions? I would say... I guess what you would consider the the sexy part of Arlo Solutions. That's the part that we talk about the most is, you know, cyber. But we are we have more um, work probably in the Intel space. So I would say we do Intel and cybersecurity. But even from Intel perspective, we're still looking at strategy. Like we have a contract. Right. Doing, it's still like personnel security. But the process of how they transition that personnel security over to DOD. Um, so we're still at the strategy level at, you know, we have contracts at the, um, a lot at the Pentagon, actually. So we still really work. We're really advisors to senior leadership. Mm -hmm. You know, you know, it's, um, you, you started talking a little bit about uh, cybersecurity and the early years of cybersecurity. It seemed like it all started kind of with the network and you did a lot of, it sounds like you did a lot of networking. Uh, type yes. stuff early, <clears throat> you know, and computing and cybersecurity really have, it seems like it's changed over the, the last 20 years. Can you talk a little bit maybe about the development or how cybersecurity has grown or advanced? Yes. Um, you know, first I would say the 
again, like I said, is, you know, now cyber is sexy. And I say that to say when we started, cyber was the um, people didn't like to see us coming. You know, the focus in, you know, the government is call schedule and performance. And typically, <laughs> cyber, um, you know, in the past, it, that cyber, I, they, we wouldn't, they wouldn't consider us one of the friendlies. So, you know, <laughs> typically, cyber costs more. You know, it really decreased the time, you know, increased the timeline. So it affected, you know, the schedule. And many times before we were mature, it could, you know, possibly affect the performance. So, you know, I would say the difference now, um, and so senior leaders didn't like to see us coming. The tech people didn't like to see us coming. We were not um, welcomed usually. And we were, cyber was an afterthought. Um, and, and some of it is because of the cybersecurity workforce. So I think how it matured, you know, back then cybersecurity to me focused on no. We were the, I would say everything someone wanted to do, we found no is insecure. You can't do it. So we were not very, I would say holistically weren't very uh, helpful. Mm-hmm. That's just my opinion. Um, and I think now we're integrated into the team. So from a maturity perspective, you know, once you're building these programs, cybersecurity is a tenant that you're going to have to speak to. That, And I think that people are understanding the importance of cyber now. And that, that wasn't the case in the past. And so now, number one, cybersecurity workforce has matured in the way that they communicate and we need to do a much better job. We, In the past, we may communicate, hey, AC1, you know, you don't have AC1 talking and controlling specific cyber jargon, which has not been helpful. Um, and so I think now starting to learn how to communicate with senior leaders to help them make decisions, because it should be, you should be, you should be posturing your leaders to make risk-based decisions, not saying no, just saying that this risk is high, but for the leader, it could be, it's okay to accept this high risk because maybe that risk is for 10 seconds, right? You know, so we have to learn how to communicate risk to senior leaders. We're doing better, but. mm -hmm. You're tapping into something that a lot of our guests bring up and it's, it's about culture and, and that you have to find a way or, or change, I don't know if it's changed the culture, but become part of the culture. And look at you now, you have your own domain and the best month of the year. Yeah. So, yes, it is. <laughs> I, it's not, I, and I was going to say culture change tonight, but I didn't want to sound so cliche because that is, that's what's happening. It's difficult. Yeah. Um, I think something else that's happening for us is like, a, I, I'll give you an example. I just told you my, my, my history. Um, and if you think about that, that means I haven't touched a tech technology in years, but I am the person that's developing a strategy and telling you what the policies are and the processes. But, you know, do I understand, do, do, do I fully understand Kubernetes? Am I a developer? You know, the answer is no. So the difference now is we have to learn how to collaborate. These people that have advanced in their career that's putting out these policies, they have to be able to collaborate with developers. Um, the same, if you look at the risk management framework and any type of framework, and, and sometimes RMF gets a bad name, but I love it um, because it's a framework. It's just really how people implement it. But the framework is, is a really good framework. But the issue is that we have to integrate the developers, the operations, you know, the decision makers as you develop these policies and thresholds. And, and so I think that we're maturing there. Um, and, and, and there's a lot of, from a, from a um, culture perspective, what I'm seeing is a lot of issues with ego. 
mm-hmm. you know, because now in these domains, everyone, they're, they're experts. So I have a developer that is an expert. I have an operations person as an expert. I have a cyber person as an expert. And these experts don't talk to one another because they're all the smartest in a room. So how do you do this? How do you facilitate the collaboration and deal with the egos? Um, and I would say that's my niche. You know, that's what I do well at. That's what I like, actually. Um, you know, you break down those egos. I go in and I first say, I'll start the conversation is I'm not an expert in Kubernetes. Um, I'm not an expert in containers. Uh, I'm an expert in my field, but I can't get, we can't, but, and you right. may be an expert at Kubernetes, but I promise you, you're not an expert at what I do. Right. And so what we have to do is work together. This is the only way that we're going to do it. Um, and so really break down and say that this is, I'll, I'll break, you know, myself and try to break down that that ego so they can understand what we're saying. Because I see a lot of that, a, a lot of um, bickering and back and forth between the different, because everyone has their own perspective. And I understand the developers, because think if I'm a developer, I'm moving fast. And here you come at the end said, okay, um, I've integrated all this cybersecurity. Now the cyber person saying, can you give me 50 documents to document what you did? You know, and the developer is like, <laughs> you're antiquated. No, I'm not. <laughs> right. So that's what I'm seeing a lot of really, as far as from a cultural perspective. So, so, so you talk about culture and you've seen this from both sides, right? Uh, industry and government. So can you can you tell us how you've seen change over, I don't know, past few years between government and industry? Yeah, when you started, how how often were you? Just a few years industry? ago. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then and then like what it's looking like now. Uh First of all, I'm a very optimistic person. So I'll say that in general. So uh, honest, but very optimistic. So I think I'm proud of the government um, and, and what the government is trying to do. I don't think people understand um, how difficult it is to either, you know, to change culture, to integrate all of the industry because the government has their own processes, procedures, and it's not um, and compliance, um, statutory requirements, law, you know, acquisition law. So it's very difficult to um, sometimes integrate more of the smaller innovative companies into the acquisition process yeah. for the mm-hmm. government. So, um, so I, I will start there. So I will say from a maturity perspective, I do see the government trying to do things um, innovative, like use the OTA and check and, and help uh, streamline the acquisition process so that it's more consumable um, by smaller companies. Um, I do think that they're trying to, um, trying, you know, the best way they can to innovate companies outside of, you know, the larger defense uh, companies, which is difficult. Yeah. It's really difficult. Um, but I see them trying. We're I'm on programs. They're doing, you know, cibers. They're finding different, they are finding different ways to integrate. So I would say from an industry perspective, I see more of a partnership. Um, I see the government trying to be more open. You know, in the past, government has stayed away from even having a lot of conversations with industry because, you know, there's a lot of rules. I mean, for industry, I can't go out to the government. I can't buy them a meal if it's over twenty five dollars. I can buy my friend a meal. It's not I'm not bragging. I mean, I'm not I'm not. uh, I I know. I hear you. I feel that pain. (laughs) <laughs> exactly. So it's, it's so many rules that really stand in the way of like open collaboration because, you know, it, everything has to to be 
um, fair competition. So yeah. you can't give you can't give that that perspective to anyone that is not. And it could be I just want to talk to industry about this issue. I just really want to be open and tell you this is my problem. The government has not been comfortable doing that in the past. So I think um, they're starting to try to open up those more freely open up those lines of communication. It's not frowned upon. So I, I do think that, you know, that's the difference with industry. Um, I think, you know, another way that we have to mature, this is, you know, Lanier's opinion, you know, industry likes to throw tools at problems. Mm. So they like to, they like to, they like mm-hmm. to tell the government all these different tools. It's a tool that can, you know, answer all of your problems. But if you don't <laughs> have the foundation of the people in the process, those tools do not work. They don't. You have to have to be configured right. You have to have the right people that, you know, that can run these tools. They have to make sure they're interoperable. Um, so I think that that's an area that that industry has to continue to mature in um, because the government doesn't always have the workforce just to just consume your tools. You're talking about huge enterprises, yeah. um, you know, so I think that's an area that industry can can mature in. And that's an area that we focus on. I don't I don't sell tools and I'm trying to be very non-biased on tools. I'm looking more so at the capability. Um, Because the work that I'd like to do is really to team with the government, to work on behalf of the government and to team with the government versus coming in as a, um, as I would say, you know, industry selling something like a tool. Right. And often we have the tool, we have the features in in existing tools. Absolutely. But rather than figure out how to use it, we're like, let's just throw a new one at it. Absolutely. And that's so frustrating. So it sounds like on a macro level, like, it sounds like government's getting better at diversity with smaller, innovative industry companies. What about on a micro level? So within your teams, um, how are you how are you managing the the need for diversity um, just just on the people level? And or do you see that as a need? Definitely. Um, so from a diversity perspective, it goes back to, you know, what I mentioned, you know, on a team, you have to have a diverse team now because the domain is so much larger than it used to be. The Internet of Things, you know, everything is connecting. It's so many, it's so many different type of technologies and tools. And so your team has to be set up sometimes of people that understand strategy, people that can understand that, okay, you want to do these cool things and it, and I'll come in in this uh, case sometimes, but how do I cross map this to the requirements and the compliance and the statutory law and make sure that you're covered from that perspective? How do you integrate these cool things that you want to do to, um, you know, into um, current processes and procedures and laying out roles and responsibilities? And so you need a person that can do that. But then you also have to have diversity from a person that understands technology. Um, You have to have diversity from a person who's going to use it, the user community or the operations community. So from a, 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 um, thought perspective, thought leadership perspective, you know, you really truly need a, need a diverse team. Technology is moving so quickly. Um, I mean, every week there's a new technology. So you really have to have folks that understand that. And those typically are not the people that's been in this domain for a very, you know, for a a long time. They, they, they've graduated from kind of the technology part. Mm -hmm. Do you see, do you, do you see the recognition of this, uh, like across, um, no uh, customers and things like that. Are you having to go out and make that happen? Make it happen. 
There is not. They need a, you know, it needs to be a new, I will almost consider myself a cybersecurity integrator. And that's not necessarily a, you know, a domain. People not, the government is not saying I want to hire a cyber integrator. They hire technology integrators. Mm-hmm. Um, but the problem, what I'm seeing that the issue that the that the government is having to me um, and some of these major programs is the acquisition process, the way that the acquisition process is is working now. So we may have a a, a um, we may have a company that comes in and focus on infrastructure, then or building a cloud. Then you may have another company that's coming in doing the pipeline work. Do you have another company that's coming in, maybe doing integration of that? Then you have another company that comes in and does O and M, so that's doing maintenance. Then you have another company that's coming in and is doing cyber. They're on all different contracts. They're supporting the yeah. same client, and there's the a lot of integration. Exactly. So you miss that. There has to be, and it may be a integrated that truly focuses on maybe technology integration, but then they crosswalk the contracts. You know, some companies are very specific about what's in their statement of work, and so if the government is not very tight on contractual actions and acquisition up front before the company even come, they have failed. It's yeah. a failure because it's those gaps there. Um, no one is going to fill it. And a lot of time, you know, um, bless the government, but, you know, you may not have a strong, you know, program manager in some of these programs that can talk across all that technology or can do that integration as well. So, you know, I, that's an area I think the as we continue to mature um, on bringing and being diverse in all the different companies that we bring in, the government has to think really focus on acquisition and how do we integrate those. Yeah, that's no easy problem. Yeah, it's not. Let's move to our tech talk questions. So our tech talk questions are just kind of fun, quick, quick hit answers. But we'll let Mark give you the next tech talk question. This is just really a funsy thing. So what's your favorite app or your favorite gadget right now? Hmm. Um, and I, I don't I don't know if it's a, a, a gadget, but I <laughs> love my iPhone. <laughs> so yeah. I mean, if I say I know it's not anything, I mean I do. I, you know, I'm amazed at what I can do from my phone still to this day. I mean, it has you can do everything. Me too. Yeah, I mean, I need a, a laptop. I mean, I can go from a calm app. That's a new app that I have that helped me with meditation and relaxing. You know, oh, so yeah, the see, calm, there's your yeah. app. There's your app, yeah. the calm app. Yeah, I love that oh, one yeah. too. So I, I want to know what um what do you read or listen to for fun? It can be inspiring in your field or just you know, what do you do to unwind? I'm always looking for something new to read or watch. <laughs> um, I am a junkie for self-help books and talk. Me too. And so, so what um, are you reading right now? So I'm actually going back and reading. I'm I'm reading two things. I'm reading a book called Traction. Um, and, and which is not fun to most people, but the problem is work for me and frameworks are fun. I know I, you know, I I can't help it. So even my, like you said, the fun questions become serious, but it really is fun to me. So, you know, you don't uh, get these kind of answers, but from, but from technologists, you know, (laughs) help it. It's a, you know, it's a, because when you get it, it's almost like an obsession slash addiction, but um, I'm really about people you know, and learning people and understanding people that, that is, that is fun. That's what I do on my, on my, you know, what I would consider like 
downtime. Mm -hmm. Um, But I I am reading traction again, and that's kind of the uh, ecosystem on how you um, scale your company. So I guess that's that probably wouldn't be fun. It's it's very good, but it's inspiring Uh, for you. I like that. And I like um, one of my favorite books um, is The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. So I'm actually rereading that again. I've read it probably five to 10 times. Um, So I'm reading that again. And, you know, I wouldn't say what I what I like to read is from, but I love music. I love Mm -hmm. music and I love dancing. So from a from perspective, I wouldn't necessarily like if I want to have fun, fun, I'm like dancing crazy on top of a table. I'm like, I I always say I I work hard and I play hard. I'm very intentional about my fun. So I love music. And then um, on the other part, I love Soul Cycle. So uh, is that like Peloton? It's like Peloton, but better, you know. Oh. I, <laughs> so you need to tell us. But to the to the music, you need oh, to tell okay. us what your what your walk in and walk out song is going to be, so that we can add it to yes. this. When we have you at our next conference, <laughs> I agree. Every superhero needs a theme song, so I need to <laughs> need to identify what my right. that's appropriate. All right. Well, we're waiting for that one. All right, Mark, you got the last question. Oh boy. Um, okay. Do you have a, a gadget wish list or technology wish list? Anything? Technology wish yeah. list. Like Ooh. wave your magic wand. Think big here. <laughs> Let me see. Um, this is a hard one, actually. I know it's supposed to be fun, but <laughs> do I have, these were harder than these. <laughs> My questions are more difficult than, <laughs> than, the, than the, the typical questions. So let me think. My technology. Okay, I think um, if I had my wish list, I would be able to snap my fingers and um, speak out kind of, hey, I, I know this is going to sound crazy, but it's the truth. You know, some technology that I can say, hey, I'm going to this event, and they would... Um, identify clothing options and have them automatically delivered to my home <laughs> or just show up, like show up show on your body. You could see it in oh. the mirror and you're like, no, not that one next. Yes. Swipe oh, yeah. Right. That's I didn't like funny. that outfit. Swipe right. You know, they that have this funny. thing called decision fatigue. And I, I love to yeah. dress. I don't like to think about what I'm going to wear. It's difficult for me. It's time consuming. So if I had an app that I can say, I'm going to this event and I want to look like this. And you're right. It appears on yeah. my window. I swipe. Detect and my I mood. Detect exactly. the appropriate and yes. make it happen. That is a you know, app. You know, President Obama only had like three suits. Because... Part of the decision fatigue, he was like, nope. Well, as a president, is... you only can you have three <laughs> colors and they're all like, you know, black, blue and, you know, gray or brown. Now, you know, I'll joke that, <laughs> you know, my partner. So my partner name is Arlene. So she's the R, I'm the low. Um, ah. and, she, and we will always say, um, you know, what you're wearing to this meeting. She said, you know, one of my uniforms, we called it a uniform. Like we literally had like three or four suits. Yeah. <laughs> and we, that's what we put on. It really is. I, I wish someone, I didn't have to think about what I was wearing so often. So I whatever that. App that we can develop for that, I would say that was, that would be on my wish list. <laughs> I love that. I do too. Okay. Right. I'm so happy. I was able to make one question fun. <laughs> A fun answer. They were all fun. Yeah, it was. What a fun conversation. So, thank you, Lanye, for taking the time um, 
to share your insights with, with us. And thank you to our listeners for joining Tech Transforms. Visit our show notes. Uh, we will link to the books and the topics that Lanye mentioned in today's show. And don't forget to share and smash that like button. We will see you, talk to you. We'll be back next week on Tech Transforms. How's that? Thanks for joining Tech Transforms. Please post a review, share this episode, and follow us on LinkedIn and Twitter.